another episode of the show. Today we are breaking down all of the news articles that we've seen, know about, maybe even brought up at a party like we know what we're talking about. I've talked about it a handful of times. Definitely didn't read. No, no. And, <laughs> and so what we want to do is we want to give our listeners some spark notes here, right? Because no one has time to scroll through and or to make an account on Wall Street Journal or Yahoo Finance and then read the entire article. And compare too. your notes from the in-between and then you're getting bombarded on the in-between between all other articles that were released that day. It's been a little bit crazy. And to be fair, the mortgage industry, easy to pick on right now in a very small window. People are like, look, let's take our punches while we can. This is clickbait. It's a great time to be a mortgage lender, let me tell you, right? <laughs> and I hope everyone can sense my sarcasm on that piece too, right? We're kind of swinging with the punches, but a lot of this was anticipated, right? right? You right. Know, a lot of it was right. anticipated. A lot of it, maybe not to the extent of which we're experiencing, but again, we saw this coming. Right, right? and I, I think that's important to remember is that a lot of this in the short term or in the last you know, 60 to 90 days has been very painful, particularly for people that were in the process late last year didn't find a home and now they're still looking because you know the dimensions that they're looking at are really the whole dynamic of the marketplace has shifted so much i mean from 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 payments being increased due to interest rates to the volatility that they're experiencing i mean right. a lot of people are just surprised right. right i mean the people that i pre-approved three months ago are just floored when they look at a loan estimate right now right? yeah because absolutely because the interest rates has swung so so violently i guess right, right? Well, and so I think that leads into the first article we're going to talk about today. So our first article, Insider.com, released an article that said a housing crash is unlikely, but a correction could be around the corner. So let's talk about the difference between those two and what that fundamentally means. I think what most people remember, particularly now when we're having so much uncertainty in the housing market, is 2008 and the housing crash. And so I think the fear is in many markets around the United States that that's what we're headed for, that we are in some way going to have a massive collapse of the pricing economy that we have right now on homes. And that is going to massively offset or pop values back to, you know, wherever we were a few years ago, probably. So I think the difference is where the market is right now, it's headed more for a slow shift. If you look at how busy the market has been and how that has slowly declined, we still are low on inventory. Despite the lack of activity or the slowed activity, we still don't have enough inventory to meet the demand. You know, so when I look at Chicago's marketplace, chances are good that as demand comes down, as interest rate volatility continues, yes, we are going to see some buyers who hesitate or look at a slightly reduced price point because of interest rates when they're making a home buying decision. But we're not seeing the markets crash or offset so much that I think we're gonna have massive adjustments downward in the near future. It almost seems like it's kind of by design, right? With especially what they're doing in my world, but they really just want the, 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 the industry to kind of just slow down a little bit, right? you know? And I mean, you hear that from some consumers now too, where it's, hey, listen, this isn't for me. I'm gonna take a step back a little bit. Absolutely. Right? And it's almost like, well, I guess what they're trying to do is working. Right. right. And so so that's when when you bring up things like a gradual decline, it's like, OK, this makes sense. I've kind of been experiencing this in my world as well, too. Right. right. Well, and think about what was driving so much of the economy that we had in the last couple of years in the home buying market. A lot of first time home buyers taking advantage of low rates, low down payment options to buy their first home, which was an excellent endeavor. And they took advantage of the right opportunity to do that while it lasted. 
But now when we look at the, you know, just like the home buying power that exists, it's the lowest it's been in a decade. Yeah. So if you're a first time buyer, now the market is different for you. This is no longer a very inviting, a very enticing market to get involved in. So I think many of those buyers did hit pause. Unfortunately, they're being met with rising rent rates as well, right. which is not helping them on the other end of this. But I do think that they've taken a temporary relief away from hunting because the opportunity window that was there in 2000, 2001 really isn't there right now with the same level or the same level of intensity. Well, I mean, think about 2000, 2001, you couldn't turn on the news or read an, or an article on the internet without being hounded about how low interest rates were. Right. Right. So, I mean, that was being thrown in everyone's face. So if you were sitting back as the first time home buyer, you're like, well, I guess I better buy now. Yeah. Right. Right. What I'm also seeing outside of people pausing right now is people getting a little creative. And what I mean by that is people are now exploring the opportunity of like a renovation loan. Right. Right. Where it's, hey, I'm striking out at 400,000. Let's look at 250 with with a repair credit or with a renovation loan or something like that. Totally. So, right. I mean, it, it, it's I guess in some effort, it's a little bit relieving that people are at least looking or trying to figure out a way to get in the houses. Right. But it's just wild where it's not just, hey, listen, we're, we're solid. We're going to find a place. We're done. It's let's see what else we can do. Maybe that's as good a time as any to transition. What's the first article that you want to talk about? Yeah. So and we kind of touched on it right off the beginning is interest rates. Right. So Yahoo Finance, U.S. mortgage interest rates jumped to the highest level since 2008. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, you know, all, all the fun or I guess all the increases started, I want to say a couple of Fridays ago when the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, was released and it was at a 40 year high. Yeah. Right. Now, the Fed obviously has been, you know, to a point, I want to say, like really engaged in bringing down this inflation. So what are a couple of the factors leading up to this inflation perfect storm that we're in? Right. right. You know, you'll remember way back when the Fed was buying back mortgage securities, right? They continue to do that a little bit too long, right? War in Ukraine doesn't help, okay? Labor shortages, lockdown in China, and then also soaring gas prices, right? All this stuff has just kind of led to a perfect storm of inflation to which now the Fed has to kind of combat or to, to, to kind of fight, right? So just last week, we saw the largest rate hike in 30 years. You know, they rate hiked three quarters of a point. One thing I do want to say here, too, is oftentimes people will get a little confused when we're talking Fed rate hike. Right. Right. Oftentimes they think that that's talking about our interest rates, which sure, in some instances, is tied. But what they're referring to. I have to, to assume that you're responding when you get some kind of update from the Fed, like the one that we had this, you know, last week. Exactly. Where interest rates are jumping three quarters of a point. That has to impact you day to day almost immediately. Correct. Well, the, the thing of it is, is that was already baked in, right? Like mortgage companies, banks, lenders, we see this kind of stuff coming. So right. we'll bake this into our pricing ahead of time. So actually, funny enough, you saw interest rates improve a little bit when that announcement came up. Yeah. Why that was? Because mortgage companies guessed right. right. We saw the three quarters of a point. We knew that was coming. That was already priced in. So then we can kind of curtail that. A little right. Bit. That's great. Yeah. Right. So the Fed is increasing the prime rate, which is essentially the money they're borrowing. Right. So, yes, it impacts our rates. Yes, we factor it in, but it's not something that is directly correlated to us as well, too. Interesting. Right. 
So when you hear these announcements, just like we did last week, I guess you really shouldn't be panicking that the interest rates are immediately going to jump or give up on the search. But there is some assessment that it is baked in. It is going to impact things. You what know. you should expect is some volatility. Right. Right. So just last week when they increased or when they when they said that the that they were going to bake in that increase, interest rates jumped up from five point five percent to six point two percent in a matter of three days. Wow. Right. So, yeah. Did interest rates jump up? Yes, they did. But have they been backing down ever since? Yes, they have as well, too. So volatility is kind of the name of the game here. Well, and I can't say that I'm overly surprised to hear that interest rates are going up, because if I think about the housing market, and not just in Chicago land, but around the country, you have homes that were consistently selling for tens, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars over list, yeah. not getting appraisals behind them in many cases, and it's kind of skipping the traditional real estate path to establish a fair value in certain markets. And so when we look forward on that, the point of the interest rate going up is a sign of the market being healthier or a sign of recovery. Right. So it shows me that we're moving away from some of these bidding wars that are crazy and maybe losing sight of value. And the interest rate is actually helping us correct back to bringing those values where they probably should be. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you could speak to a little bit better than I, but I'm noticing a lot more stuff hitting the market, right? I'm noticing a lot more people winning bids right right and then a lot less like stories on instagram of like lines outside of an open house right now right it's right. just a different market I mean, and even if we have busy activity it might not be off market in three days on the first weekend unless it's in certain suburban markets which are still going very fast yeah. but i think realistically the city of chicago we're slowing down and you're starting to see uh you know middle of a saturday afternoon where we used to be so busy we were triple booked all of a sudden it's like wow I have time to go enjoy the park because I have nobody calling me today. Exactly. And that's a very weird feeling for late spring, early summer in Chicago. Yeah, no, certainly. And I mean, like I said, I'm sure you can speak to it more than I, but it's just crazy that like now when people are submitting offers, I'm like, okay, the chances are they're going to win this. Part. Right. We're back to a negotiation, yeah, right? right? You're going you're gonna to have a chance to win on your own, singular with the seller, getting the price bid down a little bit. So, you know, the other part of that is the sellers have to adjust to that too. You know, they're fighting these interest rates that are rising and extremely volatile. Yeah. You, you are going to have to deal with increased property costs or costs of ownership for those buyers that are coming in. Not only that, but buyers are anticipating they can negotiate again. So this is no longer a listed, we're going to get bid up and we're going to sell well over what we listed at marketplace. I mean, yeah. really, in most cases, we're back to a traditional, you need to be pricing within the fair market value, hopefully attracting a suited bidder who's buy ready and negotiating somewhere to a fair price. And, and the craziest part of this is, is no joke, like three weeks ago, it was completely different. Three weeks, not even. Like, <laughs> like it's like, unreal like, how fast they yeah, turned off. Right? It went from one side of the spectrum to the other. Like over the swing of like, no joke, two or three weeks. Yeah. So I'm assuming when you're having conversations with listings or buyers or really anyone, you know, you kind of have to recalibrate their view of the marketplace would be my guess. Absolutely. Right. Things have changed so fast and are changing so rapidly, regardless of which side of the conversation you're on, we're all dealing with the same factors. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody's fighting interest rate volatility. Everybody's fighting the actual inflation that we're, we're struggling with as a country. Yep. So I think all of this is playing into, it goes back to the, the consumer buying power, right? You've yeah. got consumer buying power at a decade low. It, it's sort of a depressing story for some. In other cases, it does create certain opportunities, but um, you know, it's, it's a more challenging marketplace now than it was a month ago, 100%. Certainly. And it was a pretty challenging marketplace a month ago. And it was hard enough then, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. absolutely. Okay, our next article from fortune.com, it talks about the 40 home markets that are most likely 
to see a 15 to 20 percent decline in value if we head into a recession right now. And I'm assuming we're on that list. Well, we thankfully we're not high on the list. And okay. actually, this is very surprising and happy for me to see as a Chicago real estate agent. So what they're really evaluating is there are certain markets that during this COVID, uh, I would say buying frenzy that we saw, saw their home values increase drastically. I talked to my dad in Scottsdale, homes that he was seeing sell for the five and six hundreds are now reselling less than two years later at a million plus, right? It's unbelievable some of the appreciation that these markets are having. I was in Tampa recently and it's one of the fastest growing and exploding real estate markets in the United States. Now, this isn't to say that those markets are completely out of control or that all of that value is false, although it is probably overinflated to some extent, right? So the point of this article is looking at markets like that and seeing how likely are they to have a very rough adjustment or correction down if we go into a recession. You think about buyer consumer behavior is driven directly about, you know, by how the economy is behaving. If we go into a recession, we will absolutely see home prices come down. It's just a matter of how intense in each market. Now, when we look at Chicago on this list of 40, if there's a negative range and a positive range, Chicago is neutral. We're literally at 0.1. We're almost at zero, meaning fair market value. Chicago was under market, under market value before the pandemic. We were out of the top metropolitan areas in the United States. We were always the highest undervalued city on that list. So coming through COVID, did prices rapidly appreciate? Absolutely. Are we seeing a completely new normal for the cost of living in Chicago? Absolutely, and that's a rough adjustment for many. But that is, roughly speaking, fair market value. And it's where we should have been if the market was behaving correctly prior to this. Now, why it feels so painful is what we already talked about. You've got interest rates that are double what they were while people were helping to feed this value. So it feels like the expense of this value is so much higher on consumers. And relative to the last few years, it is. But I think that those buyers got a significant discount relative to their peers anytime in the last 25 years. And it's nice to see that we kind of are, are, are neutral on that, right? Because right. I mean, I would assume in terms of the data here, you don't want to be on the low side of that because then everyone who bought in the last couple of years that got destroyed on interest rate is then just going to get destroyed on property value as well. That's right. So it's a double-edged sword here, right? Yeah. If you're undervalued at this point and we're going into a correction, you're going to see decreased activity or the people that are buying are buying assets that really like they overpaid for by the interest rate alone because the market value is not there headed into a recession. Now, the opposite end of that is if you're on the high end of the spectrum, these are places like Miami-Dade, Fort Lauderdale is on the list, Dallas, Texas is pretty high, spots in Arizona are pretty high. When the market does go into recession or if the market does go into recession, they could see an adjustment up to 15 to 20% downward on property values. The reason being that they can't sustain the levels of growth that they've been at. So the owners that sold when they did probably will feel like they got a great deal when they watch property values come down. But the buyers coming in are going to be evaluating, yes, a much reduced pool, which is excellent. But they've still got interest rates that are much higher. So they're going to have a kind of a double pendulum there. And not to add even in a, in a third pendulum here, but think about when they go to refinance. Right. Right. And right. they need to have the equity in the home to refinance and, and now it's taking it off the chin 15% another 10, lower. 15% lower. Right. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking of this as you're bringing that up because that could really, really affect people. Cause right now we're looking at mortgage loans as a two or three year product. Absolutely. Right? We're going to refinance this thing here. 
Well, but, and remember, many of them bought without an appraisal. So even when they do go to refinance, they really don't even have the largest data point you would reference to see where they started that process, yeah. right? They have no appraised value on file. So now you're appraising an asset for the first time in a new market that's adjusted 15 to 20% down. Could be a very rough day for a seller trying to make it through that process. Yeah, or like we said, someone trying to refinance later too, right? Right, and so I think we're, we're fortunate, like you said, to be where we are in Chicago. Is it painful now compared to where it was six to 12 months ago? Absolutely, or three weeks ago, right? Yeah. But I do think that if we're looking just at the market as a whole, are we probably gonna stop growing as rapidly as we have? Yeah, and we should. I think interest rates will help curtail that. But we still have relatively low inventory. Pricing has not adjusted down to any rapid degree. Right. I think in the next few months, we'll probably see pricing soften through the end of the year into early next. We'll probably see pricing soften a little bit, yep. but not to an extreme degree and certainly not 15 to 20%. We're talking about a mild softening wow. of the market and we're gonna stop seeing these multiple offer bidding war situations. Well, so when you first brought up that article, I did think it was gonna be another doom and gloom article like we've been doing. And that one seems to be pretty positive. Here. It is positive. Now right. it's doom and gloom for some, there is certainly a real risk of a bubble and corrective pricing for certain hyper-local markets. Yeah. But nationally speaking, the United States is at very low risk for a national you know, crisis or bubble, right? It's That's only cool. certain markets that are struggling with this and Chicago, isn't really one of those markets that is hyper-concerned yep. about a rough crash or adjustment, right? There's always unknowns and certainly a lot can happen. But if we look at just right now where the values are at, they're about on par where we would expect them to be relative to the income and affordability of this area. So if you bought a home in the past couple of years in Chicago, you know, it's not as bad or you're not nearly set up for failure as some of these people could be in a lot of these places. Absolutely, yeah. I think if you, even if in Chicago you were part of a bidding war and you overpaid for your home slightly, you are not as risk as much as somebody who is in one of these hyper volatile markets and overpaid on their home. Yeah. Because if you overpaid by one, two, three percent, it might take you an extra year or two of appreciation in Chicago to make that up. Fair enough, right? That's about what our standard year appreciation is as a city. If you overpaid by 3% in a market that's about to devalue by 20%, it's going to take you a long time to make up 23 years in appreciation if you ever do that in the value of your loan, right? Or in the lifetime of your loan. Gotcha. gotcha. So I think that that is where people are going to struggle is if you, if you got involved in a bidding war where the value really got out of control away from where the market standard is, and then that market standard adjusts again, that's going to be very painful. Yeah, no, certainly, and that makes sense. And that, that kind of goes into our next article here, Excellent. right? So US home, US home equity hits highest level on record, $27.8 trillion. Wow. Right, so when we were trying to pull articles on this, I didn't want to get so many negative things. Right? Yeah, it's hard not to just immediately go down Correct. the negative rabbit hole. Correct, yeah. because, and that's the stuff that's easy to talk about right, right. now, right? So when, when you're talking about Chicago, people in Chicago being in good stance, it makes me kind of think of this article where it's discussing homeowners being in good position, right? Right. So right now, more than ever, they saw a 20% increase in home equity. Wow. Okay? Anyone that owns a home on average nationwide has $207,000 in equity to tap into. Wow. Okay. Where are we going to see this kind of money, right? We're seeing and uptake in home improvement projects, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people are taking this money, tapping into it with, you know, cash out refinances are basically obsolete now, right? So we're seeing home equity lines make a comeback here. And the difference being 
you're touching your interest rate with a cash out refinance, right? If you want to tap into the equity of your home with a refinance, you're taking out a new loan. So if you're at three and a half and you come do a cash out refinance, you're at 6% today, right? Right. So the home equity line is a kind of a good way for you to tap into the equity and not touch that interest rate. Interesting. Right? Right. So we're seeing people now take out this equity and they're putting it back into their, their homes too. Right. And what do you need to qualify for that sort of process? So a lot of it is the equity, right? right? You need to have the equity, which we're talking about now. A lot of people have it. And it's, I like to say it's very similar to a home loan in terms of the process, but it's not as evasive. Right. Right. I mean, there's going to be paperwork needed. There's going to be a credit check needed. There's going to be docs incurred, uh, fees incurred, but all on a much lower scale. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, this article also mentioned 75% of the equity that they're talking about is owned by people with an interest rate lower than four. Wow. So if you have this equity and you want to go do a deck, right? Mm -hmm. And your interest rates at 3.5, why would you go do a cash out refinance and take out the money? Right. And deal with the interest rates today at six. Right. So the home equity lines are making a comeback. And that's because the home, the home equity is just in such a good position right now. Excellent. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool article because again, we're constantly talking about stuff where it's a negative impact to people. There are many people who are coming out ahead in this or have significant value. And you know, the situation that I always reference when we think about just the real estate process, downsizers. I mean, people who have a large home that they built equity in years, they're going to sell now and they're looking to get into a smaller condo. Sure. They're probably going to pay a premium on the smaller condo, right? but they made that premium back and then some on the sale of their larger home. 100%. And those people are walking away with a nice equity egg that they can do whatever they want to do with. So there are certain people that are winning in this market in spades, you know, and I think that that's what people need to remember. If you have specific goals or if you have a specific situation in which real estate is involved, it's not just or shouldn't just be assumed that you're going to lose or that it's going to be a painful transaction right now. Yeah, because no. there are people out there they win being successful. Right. 100%. I mean, I see a lot of people tapping in this equity right now to purchase another home. Right. Right. This is the first thing I'm looking at if we don't want a home sale contingency. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. No one wants a home sale. Contingency. Not anymore. Right. right. And even though competitiveness is waning, you're looking at a marketplace with so much uncertainty. If you're saying you want 60 or 90 days to sell your home, what could happen to the interest rate in 60 to 90 days? And that that's what a list agent's thinking when they receive that type of offer. So right. I think even without multiple offers, some kind of home sale contingency still isn't super attractive for sellers. And that kind of brings up another point. What I'm seeing now more than ever are rent backs. Yeah. I'm assuming you're running into that too, where, hey, listen, we want to buy this house, but they need some time to buy another house. Right. And from the buyer or the borrower's perspective, you don't want to lock a rate for 60 or 90 days. Right. Because the shorter the lock period, the better the pricing on the loan. Right. So what we've been instructing a lot of people to do is do a 30-day close with the 60-day rent back. You know, that gives them 90 days to figure it out. Right. Which buys someone a lot of time to be able to figure out Absolutely. their housing situation, maybe not to go buy, but maybe to move in with mom and dad for a month or two or to right. go find some corporate housing, whatever it may be. Right. So I'm noticing some of these old tools that we used to use starting to come back a little yeah. bit. Too, it's right? interesting. Comes in waves. Right. Uh -huh. Depending on what's going uh -huh. on with the interest rate. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I think we should do this more often. We will do this more often. Yeah. There's a lot of new stories out there. It's hard to read everything that gets put in front of you, but Generally speaking, I think what we're saying here is the market's in a position where there's a lot of volatility yep. and moving forward, there is going to be an adjustment and a corrective state for the city. 
but it is not a doom and gloom state by any means. You know, people are still conducting business, you know, in the grand scheme of things, 6% is still on the low end of the interest rates, right? right? And, you know, people are still buying houses, yeah. you know, so I wouldn't get discouraged by the market, but it's definitely cre it's definitely forcing some people to be creative, right? Which I think is a good thing too. Creativity never hurts and we say it all the time, but please, Call a team of people to help you through this process. Get a realtor you trust, get a lender you trust. Make sure you have an attorney in mind because ultimately this is where it gets confusing, right? Is when you get into this process and you're not prepared for the search, for the lending portion of it, whatever it is, that's where people stumble and fail. And I think the better their team is aligned, the better their goals are explained, more likely you are to succeed. Well, because there's, per there's people out there that are prepared, right? right? There's people out there that have a freaking binder of information Correct. right so there's people that read articles and follow the market on their own right. right so you're only helping yourself by being prepared working with the team and making sure you're positioning yourself well couldn't agree more like follow and subscribe if you want to see more content like this we will see you next time thank you and have a good one Derek, you, pleasure as always